another episode of the Confirmation Podcast uh, for First Presbyterian Church of Spartanburg. This is John Daniel here again, and we welcome back the Reverend Craig Foster to talk today about the topics of the Lord's Supper, another sacrament like baptism, uh, and also about the theme of hospitality uh, and the ways that these really impact our faith uh, and and tell us about what it means to be a Christian, to be a follower of the way. Craig, welcome back. We're excited to continue this conversation with you. Well, thank you, John Daniel. Now, start start with a little bit about the Lord's Supper, or it has a lot of names: uh, Lord's Supper, Communion, Eucharist, Eucharist, yeah. um, and each of those has has its own meanings. So the Lord's Supper reminds us that uh, it was the Lord Jesus who gave it to us. Uh, Eucharist means thanksgiving, mm. uh, and so the Lord's Supper is our thanksgiving meal. It's every, every time we gather, we, we give thanks uh, uh, for Jesus and all, all that he did and all, all that, that he was and is. Different from pilgrims and Native Americans, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit different <laughs> than, than that. Uh, communion is, is another name that we use, and that, that really emphasizes that in this sacrament, uh, we are sharing communion. We are in community, uh, not only with each other and with those that, that gather around the, that that table, um, uh, not only with Christians around the world um, that, that that come to other tables like it. That we have communion with them, but we also have communion uh, with God. And so that there's. Uh, Lots of, of community that we, yeah. we, we celebrate. It's a central the piece. Table. I mean, that, that idea of community as being a central piece to what it means to gather at the table. Yeah. I mean, have you ever, um, you know, I think about, have you ever sat at a table by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And um, what's that feeling like? So, so it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's me time. Sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes it's not. Eating by yourself is very different than eating in community. It's it's interesting. What's when you invite someone over to your house? Yeah. You almost always offer them something to eat and something to drink, don't you? It's 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 just part of um, uh, part of how we gather. You know, one one of the best fellowship times in this church is. Wednesday evenings, you know, sitting around those tables and and enjoying. There's something about food that that, that opens up community. Yeah, and I think that's something we celebrate at, at the Lord's table, at the um, at the Lord's supper. Another term that that we sometimes hear is the Last Supper. Mm, that um, reference. That reference, mm-hmm. and and the Last Supper is something we remember. At the Lord's Supper, but it's not the only thing we remember. That Last Supper being the, the meal that that Jesus shared uh, in that upper room uh, the night of his arrest uh, before he, he was crucified. Um, that that is the place where Jesus um, said, "You, uh, this is my body. This is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me." And that do this as a remembrance of me. If you listen to to, to, to the baptism po- podcast, he said. Um, we have two sacraments because there are clear instructions mm-hmm. from Jesus to do these things, and 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 there uh, we see do this with this this bread and this cup in remembrance of me. So um, that's that's why it's one of our our two sacraments. When we were with the the confirmation uh, group, I did an activity with them where I, I gave 
each confirmand a chapter from the Gospel of Luke. Now, each of the four Gospels have their own kind of focus. Uh, each one has their own take on who Jesus is, and, and they complement each other mm-hmm. so that it's not four different stories. It's four takes on the same story that emphasize different things. And so in Mark, which was probably the, the first Gospel Four written, perspectives. Four, four perspectives, yeah. yeah. Um, Mark was probably the first one, and and Jesus is Jesus is the Son of God. He's very powerful, but he's also very human. There are things that Jesus sometimes doesn't seem to know, or he gets tired, and so you get both the human and the and the divine side. And things are always happening as immediately as Mark's favorite word. And, and you, these crowds are constantly following Jesus. It's fast. It's and, fast. And even even ironically, in the Greek, it is the simplest. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. Forms. Yeah. So so Jesus there is Son of God but also very human, uh, does these, these deeds of power, you know, focused on, 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 on the cross and that, 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 the power there. Matthew, Jesus is the great teacher. He's uh, got all these, you know, Sermon on the Mount, all the places that mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus te- teaches, and he interprets the law and reinterprets the law in, 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 in meaningful ways. There, there are ways sometimes people talk about in, in Matthew, Jesus is the new Moses, the new lawgiver. He's really working with those old laws. This emphasis on his prophet status almost. Yeah. I mean, beyond, but but there's a strong prophet tie and uh, rabbinical rabbi, him as a rabbi, a teacher. Teacher. In John, the symbol for for, for John the Evangelist is is the eagle. Mm. Um, In John, uh, uh, Jesus is the one who reveals who God is, what God wants, and, and uh, so there's this close connection between Jesus and God, and 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 Jesus reveals God's ways, God, God's uh, love, God's calling. When well, as they say as about John, it's it's high Christology, right? Yeah, so John's yeah, central yeah. focus is strongly on the Christ of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. But the other day with with the, with the confirmation confirmation group, we looked at Luke. Mm. I, I love Luke because the Jesus we see in Luke. It, it, reaches out to the least, the last, and mm. the lost. The L's. The L's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he breaks down barriers between people. Um, he calls all sorts of people uh, uh, to himself. And what's really neat about the Gospel of Luke and, and what I ha- had the confirmands and mentors do was to take a chapter each, and I, I told them that the aroma of food or drink can be found in every single chapter mm. of the Gospel of Luke. I gave him a sheet and I said, you know, write down the section headings in your Bible or just you know, some basic notes that, that, so you know what happened in this chapter. But find those food references in there. And you have stories of Jesus eating with tax collectors. Uh, who were seen as traitors uh, by by the Hebrew people because they collected taxes for the Romans and they sometimes collected extra taxes Damn. and lined their pockets. And Jesus is criticized for for eating with with, with them because because they're seen as sinners. But 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 Jesus says, you know, these are the people that that I'm called to, to be with. He also eats with the respectable people. Yeah, there's um, Luke tells a story of Jesus eating with the Pharisees, but then a woman comes in and um, anoints his feet with oil yeah. and, and an expensive oil, an expensive oil, and, and wipes them with, with with her hair. And it's a uh, it's a it's an awkward moment, and it's one that that 
breaks kind of social conventions. There, there are some that think that that, that person is, is of, of ill repute. We don't know exactly yeah. the, the, the details there. But the people criticize this woman for, for doing this and criticize Jesus. And Jesus says, no. She's doing the right thing. Zacchaeus, that story mm-hmm. is only in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, and you know, Zac- Zacchaeus, come down because I'm going to your house today. The, uh, the implication is he's, he's going to, to, to stay and eat with Zacchaeus. And, with the and, wee little man. With the wee little oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people criticize Jesus there, too. And he says, this, too, is a, is a son of Abraham, that this person is a part of the community as well and, and deserves even, to be included. Even, even in his status as a rich man. It's, I mean, I, I think there's a power in there that, that Jesus is saying, you see him as the top, but is he not really the marginalized? Yeah, yeah. And, and am I not called to bring in all of God's people, that he too is deserving of being included in the community of God? Right, right. What does that say about the table? Yeah, you know? yeah. So um, the table is a table of welcome. We're all are welcomed. I don't know. Do you know one of my favorite for me of when I think of the Lord's Supper, when I think of communion, and particularly when I think about the table that we gather around the theologian Jürgen Moltmann, it's my favorite quote about communion. He says, the table of God, the table of communion is as open as the outstretched arms of Christ on the cross. Mm. Yeah. And thinking about how I understand who God is and who Jesus is, is we we cannot talk about Jesus without talking about the, what's called the Christ event as a whole, the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Christ. You can't just separate out like the Trinity. You can't just it's not pieces. It is it is a whole thing that we have to acknowledge as as a story. I mean, not in a story, but we believe as a real this happened. Um, and to say that the table is so intricately intertwined into Christ's death, not just a symbol, but an act of salvation. And to, and to say that the table is open because Christ's arms in his death, the salvation was for all. Yeah. And therefore, the table is open to all as well. All who desire to come and eat, there's a seat for you here at this yeah, table. Yeah. And, and Jesus exemplified that so much in, in the way that, that, that he carried out his ministry uh, um, in the world, um, which is exemplified by, by you know, all, all these stories of him eating with all, all these different Luke people. Luke tells it well. Yeah, Luke right? tells it well. And another one in, in Luke, uh, which is also in, in uh, the other Gospels, but... Um, is the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah. Uh, these five loaves and two fish, and somehow 5,000 people, or maybe it was 5,000 men and also women and children uh, alongside, but a whole bunch of people got fed uh, from this, this little bit. And there's all sorts of explanations about, about, about how this, this may have happened. But the point is that, that Jesus provides and, and shares this um, food in this table fellowship with all these people. Uh, we've got to reach into the Gospel of John to, to get the saying, I am the bread of life, right, right, right. Which, which John connects to that, that feeding of the 5,000. That John uh, saying of Jesus is closely connected to, to, to the Lord's Supper. Uh, I am the bread of life, whereas in, in, the, in the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus at the Last Supper, another one of those things we remember at, at the table, says, um, this is my body, this is, this is my blood. So similar idea, but... It, John adds that this gives life, which is which is wonderful. Mm. We also remember the resurrection appearances of Jesus. Yeah. So at the at the very end of Luke, we've got these two travelers 
who are going from Jerusalem to a town of, called Emmaus, and they're joined by a third traveler, and and this third traveler doesn't seem to know what's been going on because uh, they're they're talking about the events of Jesus' crucifixion, and and there's no recognition on their part of who this yeah they don't they don't recognize is. who he is, and 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 why would they? I mean, the, the guy's dead, so they're walking and they get to where they're going, and the the stranger. Um, acts like he's going to keep on going, but they but they extend hospitality. They say, "Come, stay with us uh, tonight." And they sit at table, and the stranger uh, takes the bread and blesses it and breaks it. And all of a sudden, their eyes are opened, and they realize that it's Jesus who's been with them all along, all down that road, all along. That Jesus is still with them, and that's that's an important story for me when I think about the Lord's Supper, hmm. is that part of we, what we remember is that Jesus is with us all along, even when we don't recognize it. And we trust that we will meet Jesus in some some way at that table. There's another resurrection um, a story about Jesus eating with his disciples. It's in the Gospel of John, hmm. but but that breakfast on the beach yeah. where, where uh, Jesus tells them, cast the nets on the right side of the boat, and they catch all these fish, and they realize who he is, and they bring them in, and Jesus cooks some fish for them, and um, talks to Peter and says, do you love me, and feed my sheep. And Again, going to the, the moment of the Emmaus story, of those, you know, their eyes are opened, and, and it's almost like glee and joy. Yeah. My favorite part about Breakfast on the Beach uh, with Jesus is they're, they're out, and, and it almost like describes, you have to think it's hot day, and they're, they're probably naked out on the boat to, you know, to the, as many clothes off to get as... Um, as cool as they can. And when they recognize that it's Jesus on the beach, it says Peter jumps out of the boat, right? Like it, it's almost like he just butt naked, just jumps in and swims to shore. Cause he's like, it's Jesus. I just think that's such a funny image to me. Of yeah. He's just no regard. It's just the, the overwhelming sensation of there he is to get asked, bringing us to the table again. And yeah. the response of Peter to just go. The situation itself, to me, is, is humorous, but but that response of Peter, uh, I think, is powerful. Yeah, you use the language of bringing us to the table, and we always believe that it's not it's not the minister that's standing behind mm. the table that's that's the host there. Christ is always the host that welcomes all of us uh, to that table, and I, I think I think that that's that's important to remember as as we as we celebrate that often. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we do it in a somber way. Mm-hmm. Although, if you do it in morning song, there's often you know upbeat music yeah, playing, it's little, so it's yeah. a little bit different. So, I think that 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 mix is is helpful because we're not just remembering Jesus' death; we're remembering Jesus, and we're celebrating. We're we're you know Eucharist. We're giving thanks right. uh, for that grace that we received. Um, and it's it is a joyful thing that you'll often hear uh, the Lord's Supper introduced at the beginning in the invitation. This is the joyful feast of the people of God. And Thanksgiving is is a, is yeah. a driving factor yeah. in that joy. Yeah. And it always seems ironic um, to say it's the joyful feast when often we're so, so somber and it's this little bit of bread. That, <laughs> right. Right. Um, uh, but it is joyful. And the feast is not one that, that feeds our belly. It's one that, that, that feeds our souls and, and nourishes us in faith. There's, there's, for me, there's two 
as we think about the actual moment of, of communion, of, of um, the Lord's Supper, and we're within the context of worship, there's uh, two kind of intricacies that one, one being, you know, we've used this word remembrance, uh, and it is. I mean, it is a remembrance. You know, uh, every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me. But we also believe it's not just about us remembering. Like baptism, to come to the table in the blessing of the cup and of the bread, we are brought into the presence of the living God. Calvin talks about yeah. that. Um, and, and then, you know, the other, the other thing I think of just in identifying the, the unique beliefs you might hear in some traditions, particularly I think of like Catholics who believe that after the blessing, that the bread truly becomes the body of right, Christ, that right. the, the juice in our, or wine, whatever is used, it, it truly becomes the blood of Christ. We don't necessarily ascribe to that in our theology as no, Presbyterians, no. Um, that we, we acknowledge it's still bread, it's still juice or wine, but it's the fact that we are doing this at table together in the presence of the living God, that at the table, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we are, it's not that God comes down to us, like in baptism almost, as we think about the dove descending. It is, it is the Holy Spirit who takes us gathered at the table and brings us up to where God, to God. Yeah, we, we talk about the real presence of Christ at the table, but, but we talk about the spiritual presence mm. of, of Christ at the table. So it's, it's not that, that somehow the, this, this bread and, and this juice are, are, are transformed um, physically, but spiritually uh, uh, Christ is, is present with us. And um, an, another one of these images that, that I think is important for us to remember, and, and you kind of alluded to it with the lifting up, in Isaiah we have these images of this banquet where people from every nation will stream together mm. to be together for this banquet. And, and Jesus picks up this image and says, they'll come from North and South and East and West. All the and cardinal sit, directions. Yeah. yeah and, and sit at table in the kingdom of heaven. So it's wonderful that, 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 that image of what heaven is like, the metaphor that is so often used is a great banquet. Mm. With, it's a party. It's a party where everyone's <laughs> invited and there's wonderful food and wonderful fellowship that, that this is what the kingdom is supposed to be like. The wedding of Cana. The it's, wedding of Cana. It's the good wine. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, um, so bringing people together, bringing people together. And I think that, that, that leads us pretty easily into uh, the topic of hospitality, the, the, the idea that Jesus welcomes all t to this table. Hospitality is, is something that, that's really central to uh, the Christian faith and, and, and the Christian way of living. I read recently, a biblical scholar I wrote this, uh, this was David Marcus. The astonishing fact is that the Bible has more laws dealing with protection of stranger than with any other law, including honoring God. Mm. That, that hospitality... Old law, too. We're not yeah, just this, talking about yeah, this Christ is, says. This is, yeah, this, this is Levitical this, law. Yeah, yeah. So hospitality, the Greek word there is phalozenia. And the reason I'm going back to the Greek is because I think it helps us understand what hospitality really, really is. Because sometimes we get hospitality and entertaining yeah. confused, and there's something different. Phalozenia, phalo means um, lover or liker or someone who, who loves. 
So like philosophy is right. the love of knowledge. Philadelphia, the center of brotherly the, love. Yeah. yeah, city of brotherly love. Follow Zinnia. Zinnia means people or nation. Hmm. Um, can also mean stranger. In the Greek, we get this idea that, that that hospitality is the love of the other, the love of the stranger, the love of people that are different from us. There's another English word that, that comes from from some some similar but also opposing uh, Greek roots. We get that xenia in there, but we get the Greek word for fear in there, mm. xenophobia. Yeah, uh, that's the opposite of hospitality. Xenophobia says the people that are other than us are not welcome. I do Fol- not have food or drink for you. Yeah. yeah. Follow Xenia. Hospitality says you are different, but you are welcome. And I think almost that, because you are different. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this was something that was important in the early church, especially as the early church broke down the walls between Jews and Gentiles and try, try to figure out what that meant for, for, for all of us as Christians to be together. But also there's all the wrong kinds of people that, that keep getting welcomed into the church and keep welcome, get, getting welcomed into that table fellowship. Mm. One of the places that I see hospitality in our church, sure, I see it on Wednesday nights uh, for, for our WAF dinners, yeah. but I also see it on Thursday nights mm, yeah. uh, for our neighborhood meal, meal ministry where people from the streets are welcomed in and they sit at table with people from our church and people from our community who not only serve with them, but, but share a meal with them. Uh, and it's a wonderful image of what hospitality looks like because all are welcome. It doesn't matter what they're wearing or where they come from or where they live. They're all welcomed around that table. So, so hospitality involves that reaching out, that welcoming. And I think the reason it's so important for us as Christians to practice hospitality is because we have been the recipient of hospitality. Absolutely. That, that there's a God who is so different from us, so so much more perfect and that doesn't mess up in all the ways that we mess up and that, that is not limited in the ways that we are limited, um, uh, that we are so other from God but God welcomes us and brings us together. And so we should do the same uh, to extend that, that hospitality uh, to others. I think of, you know, one of the phrases that I've heard a lot in seminary, and I mean, it may not be that new, but I think it's been more in, in the conversational sphere around this topic of hospitality is the phrase radical hospitality. Radical hospitality, and yeah. it's almost like it takes it a step further than just, you need to welcome people. It takes it a step further than, hello, here's food and drink. Um, here's a seat at the table. It takes it into, imagine that the hospitality Christ calls us to, yes, we are supposed to be hospitable in everything you've just named, but everything you've named too is this idea of a radical hospitality, one that transforms ourselves and our way of living and transforms the lives of others bringing us closer into who God desires us to be as the church. One that says, yes, you've done, you've done what I've asked. Now go further. Yes. You've, you've fed the homeless. Now go further. We continue to ask that question. It is to break the barriers. Yes. You've reached that person on the margins, but go, go more. 
you know, yeah. to, to keep calling us forward in a way until our lives exude that love of Christ. And it leans into that mystery and that deep understanding. I, I think the reality is that's a, that's a big ask. <laughs> that is a big yeah. ask. I think it takes the acknowledgement of saying we're never, the work is never done. Yeah. And my mind, as you were talking, uh, went to another story in the gospel of Luke um, and, and it's only in the Gospel of Luke, the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Ah. Someone asked Jesus, what's the most important law? <laughs> and Jesus said, love God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. And 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 that teacher of the law wanting to, to, to trip Jesus up said, well, who is my neighbor? And he told him the, the parable of the, of the Good Samaritan where this, this person, this foreigner who w- would have been reviled, distrusted, was the one that showed hospitality and care toward um, the person in need. Towards uh, an enemy. Yeah. I mean, in quotes, I'm air quoting. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and, and you mentioned that term radical hospitality. When, on, on Sunday with the Confirmands, we, we watched a video that, that, this, that was called Radical Hospitality for the Rest of Us. And I um, encourage you to find that on YouTube. It's, it's, it's worth watching. We've talked some about about language and and and, I, and my mind also went to another place where um, where hospitality is practiced. The English word hospitality actually comes from a Latin root, hospice. That root ter- turns up in a number of different words, Hos- hospitality and hospitable, you know, th- those kind of kind of words, but also comes up in the word hospital. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting to think what can we learn about hospitality from hospitals? We often think about hotels as the hos- as hospitality the hospitality industry. industry. Yeah. But um, uh, and there is a, a piece of hospitality there, although there's a lot of that is entertaining too. Mm-hmm. But I think hospitals give us a really interesting glimpse at what what hospitality is like. So what what do hospitals do? They, they care. Um, they care. They welcome the stranger. I mean. Usually when someone comes into the ER, I mean, there are some people that come in regularly to the right, ER right. That, that, that people know, but usually the the caregiver and the care recipient don't know each other. They're caring for the stranger. They're, no matter what comes through those doors, they're going to care for that ailment and that person. It doesn't matter um, if, if they have the money to pay for it. Yeah. They're going to care for them. They're going to give them a place to stay. They're going to... Uh, care for their wounds. They're going to give them food to eat. You know, people joke about hospital food, right, right, but, but it's uh, food. yeah, yeah um, they're going to welcome the stranger and take care of them. I've often heard the 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 comparison of, of is the church uh, a social club for the saints or a hospital for sinners? Mm. And I think hospitality um, tells us that it is a hospital for sinners. It is, it is a place where all are welcomed, even those who are rough around the edges, yeah. even those who who mess up, they're welcomed to our table. Uh, uh, whether it be the table at WAF, whether it be the, the tables at the Neighborhood Meal Ministry, whether it be uh, the table in worship, uh, they are welcome to the table uh, as a beloved child of God. Yeah, that's a perfect tie-in of this idea of hospitality and its meaning towards the Lord's Supper and communion. The other thing when you bring up hospitals, I think, uh, ultimately think of healing. Yeah. Uh, but but the other word, I mean, you just said a hospice, and we think of hospice care, end-of-life care, and hospitals being the reality that 
death exists in there too. New life does, but so does death. Yeah. Um, and the table of God where we celebrate the Lord's Supper, the table where we gather, where we are gathered and called by God to that place, pointing back to that to that Moltmann quote that it is it is representative and it brings us into the presence of the living Christ, who is the Christ that died and who is the Christ that was resurrected. It is God who has seen it all, uh, God who has conquered it all. That to me is that even in all of that to which we are not worthy. And yet that God says, come and eat, yeah, it, come and drink. Let us be together in communion. Yeah, it, It's interesting that, that you use that language of, of death and new life. We talked about that with baptism yeah. too, that there, the idea of death and new life de- um, there is being uh, buried with Christ and rising with new life. Um, here, I guess it's a little more of Christ's death and new life, but, but it's, it's, again, we participate in that, uh, in the, uh, in the sacrament. As, as I hope you're starting to see and and listen, we're here at least and listening, um, to these podcasts and these conversations, all of these topics we're covering, all these theological ideas, um, and, and, uh, tenants and acts and all the things we do as Christians, as followers of the way, they're all tied to one another. Yeah. Um, you'll see the, the blending, um, I hope. And again, I invite you, after listening to this, to continue to ask questions. Uh, continue to lean into that which you do not understand. Continue to embrace the mysteria, mystery of faith, the mysterion. Um, and we hope to, that you'll join us on our next one. We hope this has been a fruitful conversation for you. I know it has been for me and uh, Craig, you too. And uh, we look forward to our next time of gathering and talking a little bit through this confirmation season. Thank you. And thank you, Craig. My pleasure. See y'all next time.